0: Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 25, so follow along with me. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm thoroughly enjoying this study. Uh, and to hear it, it's just like you know Moses is telling them time and time again and repeating it over and over and over. That's what we need to do the same. So, so follow along as we go through uh, chapter 6 here again. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you're going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments which I commanded you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, Has promised you, and a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. And you shall not go after other gods, the gods of people who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from the, off the face of the earth. And ye shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as you tested him at Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers, by thrusting out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has promised. And when your son asks you in time to come, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord, our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all his commandment before the Lord, our God, as he has commanded us. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your word and all that it teaches us, how it guides our lives daily. Lord, I I pray that we would be a people that listen and obey, that follow your statutes, that read your word and study your word daily. Lord, I pray for, for Pastor Brad as he leads us this morning, and I pray for pastors worldwide as they lead their congregations to, to know you more and more. And Lord, fill us with your spirit and guide us. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, John. It's been a
1: fun day so far. Amen? amen. It starts with fathers baptizing their children. We just watched a video of the reality that the love of God extends from generation to generation to generation. Uh, we have evidence of that sitting among us cooing. There's cooing in the room today, and I love that. That's awesome whenever babies are cooing. There's other sounds too, but that's a, that's my favorite. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's an amazing thing to sit in a multi-generational church service and to see things passed from family to family and from generation to generation So I was thinking as I was reading this passage, and yes, this is the third time we've gone through this passage because there's about 9,000 sermons worth of stuff in this passage. Um, It is the central point of the book of Deuteronomy, not actually physically in the book, but it is, if you don't get this, you don't get the rest of the book of Deuteronomy. In fact, you don't get the rest of the people of Israel because their entire history is marked by how well they do Deuteronomy chapter 6. If they're going to love the Lord their God with all their heart, and all their soul, and all their might, and if they're going to pass that on to their kids, if the next generation is going to come to love and honor Christ. And so I'm thankful that you're here today. I'm thankful to have the kids in the room because one of the things that we think about this time of the year is traditions. In fact, I got here uh, over 16 years ago, and the tradition of this uh, meal that we're going to do, this one combined service and a meal started long before me. Um, and it was going on before I got here. And I remember getting here and Kyle and I were reminiscing from when he was but a wee lad. And, uh, uh, and we were reminiscing back in the day where we were having to run wiring uh, and tape it up and under and all kinds of stuff just to get any live stream to the back. Um, and, uh, and it was horrible. It looked bad. It sounded bad. But we just loved being together. And we have all kinds of traditions around this time of the year. Don't you have traditions? Traditions that are passed on from generation to generation. This time of the year, there's uh, sports teams traditions um, that happen. So we're, we're in the middle of college football season, or actually towards the end of it now. And so we have our tech fans. Woo! Woo! Wow, that, that did not go over the way I thought it was. We, you can tell we're in a Baptist church right now because I said tech. And I know what you guys are like when you watch the games. And uh <laughs> And now you're like, yeah, yeah, they're right. No, they're not. But uh, we have our, we have our UVA fans. Yeah, you all know, you don't want to claim that. So uh, it, it's the wrong season. Uh, but I mean, we have, we have JMU, anybody? Yeah, I mean, they lost. Um, Liberty. All right, they're still undefeated. So somebody said recently that Liberty and JMU should have their own bowl game. Um, and just call it, we're the actual champions of Virginia. Um, and that's just the reality. But it's that time of the year where these things get passed on. The, the traditions of tailgating and sports, and uh, the, the sports teams get passed from generation to generation. But then we, we kind of think family traditions around this time of the year. This Thursday, you're going to gather around the, the, the table, and maybe there are traditions of where you go, whose house you're at, what you eat, the, the recipes that get passed down from generation to generation. You, you deal with church traditions and holiday traditions, all kind of rites of passage from generation to generation to generation. But today's passage makes it clear that the main tradition the people of God must pass down is obedience to God's word.
0: It's a tradition
1: of faith, of love for God, That leads to a tradition of obedience to God. I mean, you can see it right there in verse 1. It says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them into the, the land to which you are going to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son, and your son's son. By keeping... What does it look like to fear the Lord? What does it look like to worship him? By keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, that your days may be long. This tradition passed on is life for future generations. It's much like the promise that's given in the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. And it's the only commandment that comes with a promise. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Here we're told, fear the Lord, love the Lord, obey the Lord, follow the Lord, and the days will be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. It's the tradition that has to be passed down from generation to generation, from child to grandchild to even great-grandchildren. need to know about the truth of what God has said and who he is and what he's done because this is where life is found. Life isn't found in what career they're going to get. Life isn't found in how much money they're going to make. Life isn't found in how successful they are in the world's eyes. Life is not going to be found for your children and grandchildren in all of the external realities of what the world gives us as important. No, life is found here in God's word, in obedience to who God is. And so parents who, who want to live lives of obedience to the Lord should intentionally pass on that life of obedience to their children. It takes intentionality to actually be an obedient follower of Christ and then train up someone to be an obedient follower of Christ. It does not happen accidentally. You're taking a great first step in that by being here today, by bringing your children to worship the Lord, to, to have them sit with you potentially here today and they're worshiping alongside of you, to see the example that you place before them Of What the lord has done for you parents who love the lord with their whole lives their heart their soul and their might should pass on that life of love to their children And it takes intentionality And today I want to talk about what that intentionality looks like that's the call of the passage It's the commandment of the lord to love the lord and to live lives that demonstrate that whole life love of god to the world around us but especially To our children and grandchildren that there would be an example set before them. Look at verse 4. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Sounds like your kids should get tired of you talking about them. Right. This should be the normal conversation, the normal reality of this is what God has said. This is what we do. This is how we live. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So if we're going to love God, we've got to love what God has said. We've got to love the statutes of God. Lovers of God are lovers of his statutes. It says that these words should be on your heart. We need to teach the statutes of God to our children diligently. That's what verse 7 tells us. By our words, by our deeds, by our example. Our kids need to be put in a position where they actually hear the truth, but also where they see the truth lived out. So if we're going to be lovers of God, we want our kids to be lovers of God. We want them to love the truth and we want to live out the truth. Another thing that has to happen in this passage is we live lives that are marked out as holy belonging to the Lord. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 is really interesting. It says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 9 says, you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And actually next week, be the last of the four sermons we're going to preach here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're going to focus specifically on those two verses, binding them as a sign in your hand, Frontless between your eyes, writing them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. But just to give you a little preview, we have to live our lives as if we belong to God. As if we have been bought with a price and we actually belong to him. That he is not just our God, but we are his people. We have to live lives marked that way. That our coming and our going, the activity of our lives is marked out by we obey God. We love God and we obey God. But today I want to focus all of my time really on verses 20 through 25. Having made the case, I believe that it's necessary to be intentional and diligent in making sure our children know the truth and see an example of the truth. And if we're going to pass on all of the goodness of God and what his word has for them, then we have to then start asking this question and maybe having an answer for this question. Why? Because we all know then that is every kid's favorite question. It's not what, it's not how, it's why. Why? Why, mom? Why, dad? Why, mom? Why, dad? So verse 20 says this, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded you? And you may say, but that's a what question, that's not a why question. Now, in the original language, it's a why question, and this is how you know it's a why question, because the answer answers why. And look at what the answer says. Then you shall say to them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. So this is why we obey. This is why we do what God has said. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous against Egypt, and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. So he made a promise generations ago. And that generational promise continues to pass down to us. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded. So what happens when your kids and grandkids ask, what does all this mean? Why why is it important that we follow God? Why do we, why should we follow God's laws? Why should we follow what God has said? I don't see God hanging out with us. God hasn't spoken to me recently, right? He's not yelling at me, telling me what to do. Why should I follow God's word? And it goes far beyond. The the answer here given in scripture goes far beyond because God said so. That should be good enough right? It should be good enough for us to go. God said so. But the fact of the matter is God gives us a lot more reasons why we should follow him. And I just want to walk through those quickly because I also know when you walked in today, you started smelling the gravy and you started smelling the stuffing. And so I want us to, I want us to get to that time of fellowship, but I want to answer this question. Why? First of all, we follow because God is our redeemer. Look at verse 21. So he asked, well, what's the meaning of all this? Verse 21, then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. We follow God now and in the future because of the past grace that he has shown us. Just think about this. The Israelites did not deserve to get saved out of Egypt. They were a grumbling, complaining mess. Which got proven out really quickly once they got into the wilderness. It wasn't but a couple of days into the wilderness journey that he started complaining. They're like, Send us back. This is too bad. We can't handle it. Why did you bring us out here to kill us? And I'm sure Moses is like, Go ahead. (laughs) Right? The fact of the matter is they didn't deserve this. This is an act of God's grace. He delivered them, he redeemed them, he brought them out of bondage into freedom. And it was his power and his deliverance that was the demonstration of his grace. So why do we follow God's word? Why do we follow what God has said? We follow it because we're believers in what God has done and who he is when he saved us through Jesus Christ. So let me put it another way. No child... Who is not a believer? There's no, no child who is not a believer in Christ is able to obey God fully. So you call them to obey you as you obey God. Does that make sense to everybody? But if you're not obeying God, we're in a really deep hole. So you see where the responsibility lies. We have a lot of kids in this room right now who are not of an age or an ability to actually proclaim faith in Christ. So they live as part of the covenant people of God. They live as the people who are marked out by God's grace as our children and our grandchildren. And we are supposed to be living in such a way that we put in front of them, this is what it looks like to follow God because he saves us through his grace and by faith in Jesus Christ. This is what he does. He saves us so that we can be a people who obey him and we can look at his past grace. You know, kids, I was I was just as awful as you are. I used to be disobedient, too. But God has changed me. He's transformed me by his grace. And so I can look back at the grace and the power of God in my life. And so I follow him now. But that's not that's not where it stops. We go on, we follow what God has said because God's grace is still finishing his plan. So we believe that God is not done yet, that his grace is in the past, but his grace is present and future as well. And he's going to continue to show grace. Look at verse 23. And he brought us out from there, out of Egypt, that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. So this is all set. Remember Moses said, hey, one day in the future when your kids ask, what's the deal? Your answer is, look at all that God did in the past. But you know what? Moses told us this before we ever walked into the land, that we needed to be a people who are committed to God and his word. And so I'm looking at this from this perspective. I'm waiting for heaven. Anybody else? But part of waiting for heaven is being faithful to what God has demonstrated by his grace today. Part of waiting for heaven, in fact, the majority of waiting for heaven is I look at God's grace in the past, I look at God's grace now, and I trust Him for grace in the future. Because I'm sorry, I don't care how righteous you might think you are, you don't deserve heaven with Him forever. That's an act of His grace. So I'm banking on grace. And so I follow Him and obey Him now as His child. He promises, He delivers on His promises. And so we trust that He's going to keep doing that. So when you look at your kids and they say, why? Why do I need to obey? Why do I need to obey what God has said? Why? Because God has been faithful in the past and God is being faithful to us right now. And one day we're going to stand before God. And he's showing us grace and love and mercy. And we trust him and we want to follow him. And the third reason is found here. We follow because God is for our good. This is where it gets really fun. For kids to try to understand that things they don't like are actually for their good. Anybody dealt with that with your kids? Hey kids, don't run into the road, but it looks like so much fun. It's for your own good. Hey kids, don't eat all that Halloween candy all at once. But it's so yummy. It's for your own good. And so God working by his grace in our lives is for our own good. Look at verse 24. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord, our God, for our good always. That he might preserve us alive as we are on this day. This is this is the word you give to your kids. And they say, why? What's what's the deal? Why do I have to follow what God has said? Because you're alive. Because without God, you wouldn't be. And neither would I. If it weren't God and his grace preserving us as we walk in his path, we'd never walk in his path, and we'd have been taken out a long time ago. Anybody else look back on your life at this point and go, if it weren't for God, no way I'm here today. Yes, because that is the grace of God at work. And our kids need to hear that, that it's not, hey, kids, look how great I'm following Jesus. It's, hey, kids, look how great Jesus is. Let's follow him. That's the message of grace that we want our kids to hear. His commandments bring life and good, fullness of life for everyone who follows them by faith. And fourth, we follow because God provides righteousness for us. Look at verse 25. So here we have, here we have it. God has shown us grace as our Redeemer in the past. God will continue to show grace by finishing his plan in us, that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. He, he, We follow him because he's constantly working for our good and his commandments are good for us. But we also follow because God provides righteousness for us. That he's making us good. That he's not just working for our good, but he's making us good. And that's very different, isn't it? It's not just that he's giving us good things and a good life. He's actually making us good. We're actually being changed and transformed. It says there in verse 25, It will be righteousness for us if we are careful, and this is a really important phrase, to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Well, there's the problem, isn't it? It, it, it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment. Anybody. Anybody got that nailed down? All this commandment. Remember the rich young ruler in the New Testament comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, hey, you need to keep all of my commandments, all the law. Well, I've done that since birth. Jesus is like, oh, okay, sure. Sure you have. One more thing you got to do. Don't worship your stuff. Don't let it be a replacement for me. So go sell everything that you have and give it away to the poor because I am the Lord your God. So God is speaking to this rich young ruler saying that stuff, you don't need it because you have me. If you, want it, if you want to inherit eternal life and be in the kingdom, you need me. You don't need this stuff. So get rid of the stuff. And he went away sad because he was very rich. So he had broken the first four commandments <laughs> because he didn't love the Lord his God with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might he didn't keep all of the commandments of the lord and none of us are capable of keeping all of the commandments of the lord so how do we get righteousness it can be good for us but can we be made good deuteronomy 29 towards the end of the book of deuteronomy things haven't gotten any better by the end of Moses' sermons either he says this but to this day the lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear so where's the hope What do we do? Well, here's the good news. God's righteousness is a gift. It's not something that we earn. So, but here's the way it works. And this is really important or you miss the whole gospel. God's righteousness is something that comes by keeping the whole law. But how? Good news. Jesus kept the whole law for us. We have one sent by God who kept the whole law for us. See, the Israelites were unable to keep the whole law, so they were never going to be made righteous. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, Even to this day their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant... The same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. See, anybody who has not placed their faith in Christ so has a veil over their eyes and thinks that they can earn their righteousness because they can keep the law. But the good news here is this. It's that Jesus has fulfilled the whole law and kept the whole law for us. So that now we can have righteousness. This is what Romans 8 tells us. So I'm going to ask you if you would to turn over to Romans 8. Turn over. This is in the New Testament. And, and I know some of you are not turning. You're swiping. So swipe, click, whatever you got to do. Romans chapter 8. And this is how I'm going to close today. Because I want you to see the good news of the gospel. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says this. Because it sounds to me that if... I can't keep the whole law, then the only thing waiting for me is condemnation. Because I'm not going to get righteousness. I'm not going to get goodness. It's all going to be condemnation. But Romans 8 says this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, so God has done what all of the statutes of God in the Old Testament could not do. So the law, when it was weakened by our flesh, our inability, so there was a law that said you get righteousness by keeping the law, but our flesh made that impossible because we were. In, it, it was an impossibility for us. So when weakened by the flesh, the law could not give us righteousness. But here's what he did. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin... He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. So I want to put this as simply as I possibly can. When our kids and our grandkids come to us and they say, Why do we follow God's laws? Why are we different than everybody else? Why do we have to obey when all my friends don't have to, when it makes us different than the people around us, when we have to abstain from different desires and different passions? Why, why can't we go there? Why can't we watch that? Why can't we sing that? Why can't we listen to that? Why can't we? Why can't we? Why must we always follow what God says? The answer is this, Jesus Christ. The answer is because of what Christ has done by his grace. Because of the past grace, because of the present grace, because of the future grace found in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ fulfills the whole law and he kept it for us so that now we have been cleared of all guilt and condemnation. Because that's what Jesus has done for us. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That whole I can't follow God no longer hangs over those who have trusted Jesus. It no longer hangs over us. I can't, I can't be righteous, I can't have the goodness of God. It no longer hangs over us. It no longer is our identity. And as the band gets ready to come back up to lead us as we're going to sing our way out today, you need to hear this. Christ gave his life for our breaking of God's law. When we could not keep the law, Christ came and kept the law and then gave his life on our behalf, in our place. And through his life, his perfect life, through his death on the cross and through his resurrection, now, now Christ has kept all of the demands of God's law. The demands of God's law has been fulfilled in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus so that now you and I can have real life. It says in verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I love the families in our church. I love the kids. I love our youth. I love our adults, our senior adults, off our rockers, senior adults, because there's a difference. Um, And here's what I I know. It is a great privilege and honor to pastor a church of multiple generations. But parents and grandparents and great-grandparents in the room, I need you to hear me. It ends with us if we aren't careful. All you have to do is look around the world, right? Look look at the world around you. Look at the conversations being had at school board meetings. Look at conversations being had in our schools. Look at the things that kids are having to deal with today as realities that a generation ago wouldn't have been a conversation. Now they're just accepted truth. The lies of Satan have made their way into homes and into our lives in all kinds of ways. And the reason is we stopped being diligent. It's not anybody else's fault. It's us. And I need you to hear me. If we aren't diligent to pass on what a full life love of God looks like to our kids, they aren't going to get it from anybody else. If we aren't diligent to pass on to them, God has said, thus saith the Lord to our kids. You're not going to get it from anyone else. Oh, that we would be faithful to pass on from generation to generation the loving kindness of God. Because of the grace that He's shown us in the past, because of the grace He's showing us right now, because of the grace He's going to show us in the future in Christ Jesus. But that's that's impossible. You're not going to have the goodness from God and you're not going to have the goodness of God, the righteousness of God in your life, unless you've placed your faith in Jesus. Unless you have responded in faith to the fact, to the historical and biblical fact, that Jesus lived a sinless life. He was without blame before God and man. And yet they killed him. He was... Killed in your place and in my place for our sins, for our unrighteousness, so that anyone who trusts him can have the righteousness of God. Trust him today. Love him today. Worship him today. And Father, that's our prayer. That we would love you, worship you, honor you, and that you would be declared righteous before us and that we would be declared righteous before you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together and let's sing as the band leads us.